Welcome to the Northside Podcast, created to help you discover real life. You can tune in each week on Facebook or Church Online to watch live, or you can listen throughout the week on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Now, let's jump into this week's episode. How are y'all doing this afternoon? (laughs) Good to see everybody that's online with us today. We thank you again for coming out and joining in the podcast. As you can see, got my boy Mike Morley here (laughs) with me today. Guess who's not here today? Joe. Joe Easterling. Yeah. I want to give you a little update on Joe <laughs> so that we can quell all the rumors that are out there. Uh, Joe had a situation where he may possibly have been exposed to somebody who had COVID. We don't know if they had it or not. And therefore, we immediately sent him home and put him on quarantine. So he's on quarantine for a couple of weeks. He's quarantined from church. He's quarantined from life. He's quarantined <laughs> from his wife. He's quarantined children? from his children. We're not even going to let him eat. Hey, let, let me just say now. Uh, <laughs> but for, he's, he's okay. For he's some, okay. let's clarify, because uh, Ann and the girls were yes. here this morning. Yes, they were. However, they are, are quarantined from their father and her husband, so nobody yes. has to be concerned. Joe has That's taken right. all the precautions immediately. necessary. To I mean, immediately. Everybody safe. So he was very responsible in that. We appreciate him doing that. Which I do, I do not think he will have COVID. Well, but, I, don't, I don't either. So. But I think what's important to realize is that he is quarantined for now for a couple of weeks unless, and he went and got a test, so we don't have his test come back yet. So in the meantime, he is out, so he will not be in the office. He's not going to be doing his meetings. He's not going to be meeting with his groups uh, other than what he can do online. But just so that you know, kind of know where he's at. And I wanted to say that because anytime that something goes out, it is so easy for it to be miscommunicated, and then there's a rumor. So we wanted to make sure that we could handle the rumor and let you know what was going on with Joe. And we look forward to him coming back as soon as he can. Do, do pray for his family and all those that have a potential of having that. So want to be careful with that. do want to take just a few minutes to thank everyone who uh, is coming to worship at 8 o'clock. Uh, thank you for following the guidelines as far as... Uh, Staying apart, uh, wearing your mask, especially during the worship time, uh, so your neighbors don't have any fears or worries. So we just want to thank y'all for helping us to continue to move forward with our worship services. And then, you know, we're going to add uh, the 11 o'clock service. And once we can get that and make sure that we sanitize everything, hopefully get back to all three services. So just bear with us, and thank you for your understanding in that. Yeah, I really do appreciate that because it's one thing to prepare for something. It's another thing to actually do it, and we want to make sure that we accomplish what we have prepared for. So putting these services under our belt to be able to clean up, sanitize, put everything back helps us a whole lot. And over the next couple of weeks, as we prepare for our 11 o'clock service, we'll have plenty of time in between the 8 o'clock and the 11. The real challenging service is 930 because we have to have cleanup twice in there. And we want to make sure that we've got to get it squeezed into a 10-minute interval and to do it well, not to just kind of haphazardly do it, but to do it right. So if you will bear with us, we will get you back together as soon as we possibly can. And then from there, we'll, we'll do whatever we have to do. But we certainly want to get all three of our services back operational and then we'll see where we go from there. So looking forward to that, if we can. Today is an important podcast because 
one of the things that we certainly wanted to do here was to provide another opportunity for us to do some discipleship training and teaching that would span a much larger opportunity than simply a, a group of people in a classroom. So this is something that is archived. You can get into it anytime you want to. You can listen to it as many times as you want to. And we really want to provide you guys with some really good teaching, practical teaching, as well as hopefully you will join us on these podcasts to ask questions. Because as we jump in next, next Sunday afternoon at 4, I'm going to be dealing in a parenting area. And as we move into that parenting area, I'm going to lay down some basic principles, and we will walk through a variety of different ages and stages in terms of parenting. But then I want to find out from you, the viewer, what do you need to know? How, how would you like us to answer? Because sometimes a principle sounds really good, and it's great for a, a classroom. It's great for a message. It's great to put on a tweet or something like that. But whenever you get into real life, how do you I, I was doing a wedding this <laughs> afternoon, and the, the little boy has got, went and stole a cupcake. They had, they had made it, had frosting all over mm. it. And this is at the time of the wedding, and he's smearing it everywhere. <laughs> so um, what do you do? You know, what do you do about that? Stuff like that. You know, those kind of things that are out there. I, I don't, I remember having Taylor and Micah and there, there was no manual. Yeah. It was a lot of, of trial and error and figuring out what to do. And uh, through the parenting uh, series, you're going to really get some insight. I think that we really are. could help. We're going to try to give insight and we're going to try to give you some tools. And when we say tools, uh, we mean things that you could put into practice with your children that hopefully will make it a lot easier. So in context of wanting to do that, I, I really felt that you needed to know where are we coming from? Why would we do this? Last Sunday afternoon, we laid down some of the values that we really hold dear here that guide us and set some boundaries and some limits to what the things are that we want to do. Today, I want to share our vision between me and Mike. This is not going to take a long, long time. But we certainly want you to know that the reason that we're doing this is not off the cuff. It is part of the plan that we have to help every person that we possibly can to become exactly what God wants us to be. And one of our greatest uh, responsibilities is representation of God, mm. uh, to reach out for people that are lost, but then also to bring them into the kingdom, as we shared this morning. We have to pass that on to our kids, which is why parenting is one of the first things that we want to attempt to do. And we'll move on into other topics that we'll talk about tonight in terms of what are we offering as a church. And this is a great venue because you can listen to it riding down the road in your car. If you're in your car, listen to the audio. Yes. You know, don't watch the don't, don't watch us. <laughs> it'll cause you to wreck. So we don't want to do that. So if you're a member of Northside or if you've been at Northside or if you've seen any of our advertisements, you'll probably notice that one of the things that constantly comes up is that we want to help people to discover real life. I wonder how many people might know what that means. Not many. Not many. Not many. It, it, it does real. mean something. Yeah, they just don't understand how we broke it down. Yeah, where did it, where did it come from? <laughs> I can tell you that when I look at Scripture, and I've read it my whole life of, as being a Christian, I've always looked for things that are purposeful, that are meaningful, that sometimes first words and last words right. are some of the most meaningful things that are in there. And then sometimes whenever a purpose is directly delineated to us, I think it's so important. And when we look at Jesus, 
I think that Jesus himself came for a variety of reasons. But when he talked about his reason for us in particular, he came especially in regard to the relationship, and I think we can call it that, the relationship that we have with the devil. Mm. Because according to Scripture, he is the prince and power of the air down here, that he is loose down here right now. There's coming a day he'll be thrown into the lake of fire, and he'll be, or he'll be chained up for a thousand years and then tossed into the lake of fire. That day will come. But he has, a, he has a reign down here right now. Yeah. He has rule down here right now in a lot of ways. And so Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, which is one of the very foundational verses, verses that we use here, is that the thief comes for three reasons, to steal, to kill, to destroy. He does a really good job at it, very effective. He's effective every day. But Jesus said, the reason that I came is I came to give you life and to give you that life more abundantly. The word life there is the Greek word zoe, and it means eternal life. It means spiritual life. Probably a better translation of that would be spiritual life. And, and I want to make sure that you understand that I'm not talking about life in heaven. He's talking about life down here. But I think that Jesus knows, like God knows, like, like we sometimes need to be reminded that physical life does not translate into a spiritual life somewhere down the road. The truth of the matter is that we are a spiritual being whom God allowed to live in a physical arena who will remain a spiritual being. And when we leave this world and we shed this physical body for a time, we will return to our spiritual roots but then we will come back and we will take on a new glorified body and we will once again be operating in the physical realm. So what Jesus was saying is, I've come to give you the source of your life. And the source is spiritual. The source comes from heaven. The source comes from God. Everything, everything that we do is preceded by a thought. So that's where it comes from. And Jesus says, I've come to give you that life and I've come to give it to you more abundantly or I think probably better said, in its totality, in its whole, in every area Very of light. it. There's, there's no part that is missing. And, and so when, we, when I looked at that, I really felt like that there were some areas from a church standpoint that we wanted to try to help out with, and we put that under an acronym REAL. So when we say we want to help everyone discover real life, We've taken the letter from real, R-E-A-L, each one of those letters, and we have associated a particular leg of ministry that we try to accomplish in each one of those things. And re the R in real stands for a relationship with Jesus, but there are four. Yes. There are four. because And the reason that there are four is that oftentimes once you're saved, it's as if that's as far as you need to right. go. Give me those four, Mike. First one is Savior. You need to. That's obvious. Yes. We need he, to be saved. Jesus removes uh, our sin. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. uh, number two is Jesus is our Lord. And so we re relinquish control of our life and. Got to pull that tree up, <laughs> give a tree back to him. Willfully, let me say that, willfully turn lordship yes. over to him because I don't know about you, but for 20, 22 years, I was in control of my own life, which was going absolutely nowhere. <laughs> with no purpose and no hope until I met Jesus as my Savior, and then I 
made him Lord. Well, if I'm which be on- he is Lord. If I'm going to be honest with you, Mike, I'm 59 years old. I think I am still trying to take charge of my own life. Uh, well, I, I think I struggle with that. I mean, I've been saved I for 30 years, but... Um, <laughs> Who don't want to be in control, though? That's part of our, our makeup, though. Right. That's part of our design is that God gave us the very calling from our design, from our creative design. He gave us the calling to be in control. The problem is that he, that's only authorized in the kingdom. Right. That's the only place it's authorized. So we've got to enter into the kingdom so that we can regain the control that God mm-hmm. gave us. And that's one of the challenges or I, or I face this year to really help you introduce you to the kingdom, expand all that kind of stuff. So it's pretty awesome. So Savior, Lord, was what after that? Friend. I, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> we can see stuff on Facebook. Who said what? Uh, of course, my wife. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, now there's that's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Your wife. <laughs> Oh, dear, she said, and then he uh, met me. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. And, I, and I'm grateful for that. Friend. So as friend, Jesus removes abandonment. You never have to worry about being alone, even though that's one of the major struggles in people's lives is they feel like they're alone. And we, I have to remind, I have to remind myself, we're never alone. Not when Jesus. It's hard. It, it really is hard to feel that yeah. just in regular everyday life. And so we want to help you to understand not just a, a mental thought about that, but to take you through Scripture and show you how Jesus Christ really is your friend, that he's a friend of sinners. Ooh, mm. That's a strong one. Yeah. He's a friend of sinners. And so Savior, Lord, friend. And helper. And helper. That's a big one. Yes. So Jesus removes our excuses. So we no longer have to endure uh, uh, guilt, blame. That's right. Uh, and that's exactly how uh, the devil wants to keep us back is continue to put blame on us, make us feel like that we're uh, not significant. And, and Jesus is the helper to say, oh, no, I've overcome all of that. Yeah. You know, one thing that I think is so important and vital, I'll explain this later on in the message, but the fact that he's a helper, because the Bible talks about Christ being our helper, the Holy Spirit being our helper, is really significant for us to understand questions like, hey, if God is such a good God or such a holy God, why does he allow such and such to happen? Or why does he allow bad things to happen to me? Or why didn't he watch over me during all these types of things? And we'll discover that in God's makeup of the world, what we call his economy, he has set it up again, this kingdom down here that he gave to us is our kingdom. Now, it's a kingdom under his kingdom because he's the king of the kings down here, the Lord of the lords down here. But he gave this to us, and he allows us to make those decisions. And he says something about loosing and binding in heaven. Mm -hmm. And when we really get down to the bottom line of that, God does not do things that we don't allow him to do down here. I know that's going to sound crazy to somebody. When I take you through that process, you'll understand. So he is there to help you. You're kind of st- sitting out there in the front of the pack, which is why we really need to know what we're doing so that when we ask God to help us to do something, that it's lined up with his kingdom and we're going to be successful in it. So sometimes and, it's And I, I just want to encourage, uh, if you haven't been following the last two Sunday mornings as you are sharing about the kingdom of God and how we are to live and how God chooses us to live in his kingdom, 
here on earth, I want to encourage you guys to make sure Sunday mornings you tune in or at least go back and watch it because this is going to be uh, some... It's revolutionary. Yes, that's to, to dynamic, me. not only teaching, but we talk about life and abundant life. This is one of those things that uh, Jesus desires that we live abundantly. I've got my iPad here so I can see what's going on. You know, I'll tell you what's revolutionary. I'm a lot darker than you on TV. <laughs> I got some Chinese blood in there. You got some sun or something. No, that's just my color, man. That's just what I am. I don't know. I was doing a wedding day outside. I think I got a little sunburn on me. It's hot out there. Yeah, because you do look browner. I, I'm browner than you for sure. I don't want to say what color you are in person, but. I got that uh, sweet Hawaiian bread kind of brown going on. <laughs> oh, mercy. So, R, a relationship with, J, with, with Jesus. 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 A re- relationship him. with Jay-Z. I know a, a relationship. Well, we rolling today. Man, a relationship with Jesus. Savior, Lord, helper, friend. friend. What's the E? The second one, emancipation from destructive life patterns, mm. which is right up your alley, and which that I think is. all of us, definitely uh, me included, uh, have those. And you uh, <laughs> ha- have a discipleship class that you teach. I do teach really a class with that, uh, and and my my class is breaking free. And it really deals with the, the fact that we have patterns that are built into our life from the time that we grow up. And they really are initiated from the time that we're born. They are pretty much locked in through the first five years of life. And then they are closed up by our conscious mind not to be recalled by our memory. And so there's a lot of stuff that's down inside of every single person that they really don't know that's down inside of them. And it's not until we get into life where you're connected. You normally when you're connected with somebody else, when you're living life by yourself and you don't have a lot of pressure on you and everything's going your way, you, a lot of times you don't even know that you have a challenge. But when people start dating or when people get married or they have to deal with family and friends or other people or jobs or work, all of a sudden uh, those things begin to press on you. And when it presses on you, it pushes out of you what's in there and you don't even know what it is. And we discover that there's so many Uh, destructive life patterns that are inside of us that we are unaware are inside of us. All you have to do to verify that is to look at any, anything that would be in humanity where you could group a group of people together that you would collect some of these teachings from being in that group. So let's take something that would be simple. Do football players I'm talking about high school. We're in high school. Do high school football players have a, per, a particular persona? Do the cheerleaders have a persona? Let's take within the cheerleaders. Do the cheerleaders, the main cheerleaders, and then the pom pom girls, they think differently. Then you have to throw the band in there. Yeah, put the band. They, they think differently. Yeah. And so depending on which one of those groups that you're in, there will be certain things that will be imprinted on you as to the way something should be. Right. And that, that without realizing that, that will carry with you through life. It really shows itself a lot in marriage whenever you grew up a certain way. Let's say that you grew up and you had to take your shoes off when you came into your house. 
because maybe you had white carpet or something like that. You marry somebody who never took, never wore their shoes or never took them off or just walked around. Then you get married, and suddenly you're a bum because you don't care about the house, and it's not really that. It is an imprinted teaching that is on you that you're not even aware of, and it is creating a destruction in your life in some arena, and we find that it, it destroys so many arenas in life. So I, I teach a class that's approximately 12 weeks long, and it really does walk you through all the specific basics of getting through that process of discovering where does this come from, what are they, what are our hopes for it, what does the Bible teach us about it, is there a way to break through, and there is. And as we begin to break out of these arenas, life begins to open up for us in ways we didn't know. And what you'll really notice is your opportunity to relate to other people better, especially those that you don't agree with, especially those that you'd love to change their minds, but you cannot. And you can learn to love those people, and you can learn to relate to those people, encourage those people, and do good for them, and, and not be bothered by it, not a forced right. do good, but in some ways even help them. So that, that E, that emancipation from our destructive life patterns, is a huge, I believe it is an unskippable step in a person's progress in life. I really do. So, you know, I, I realize we received the Holy Spirit, and then, you know, the Apostle Paul talks about don't be conform, conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes. In the breaking free, is there, there are just principles that fit every life pattern? Uh, there are, yes, okay. there are. There are principles in there that fit every single okay. thing, every single thing. And it's because, you know, the Bible says we need to renew our minds. It really is a battle of the mind. The Bible teaches us that the spiritual battle is a battle in the mind. Kathy, you seem confused. I can clarify what I was saying. She, Kathy was actually referring to the fact when I was trying to say, Jesus, and I got Jay-Z, and I got confused. I got tongue-tied. So I don't think that Kathy had a question. If she does, she can come back there and ask a question. Yes. But, uh, you know, I think that that really is one of those things that we just cannot get by. Maybe you're not big on discipleship classes or something like that, but I am telling you, if there's one class that you want to take, it is going to be the class that deals with breaking free. It really is breaking three free, breaking through whatever we ultimately end up calling it because we change them back and forth. But that particular class can be liberating. It will really be liberating to you. And if you're married, bring your spouse. It's one of the great things that we really try to accomplish. It was a great revelation that God gave me. Um, and I, I would love to pass that on to you. So I'm, I'm curious. Uh, hey, Kathy, how about, um, uh, stating whatever question you might have heard us say uh, so we can clarify that not only for you but anybody else out there that uh, might be confused. I'm not sure exactly. What I, what I see here is God does not do anything here that we don't allow him to do. And I, I'm not sure. I got you. I understand what she's saying. Yeah, let me see if I can bring some clarity to that. Uh this this was the caution. This this was the caution that I gave to our church this morning. As I began the process of talking about the kingdom of God, there were things that um, the kingdom exposes that we have never thought about or heard about in regular church teachings. Mm -hmm. 
one of the challenges that we've not known is that there's a king that God, God chooses to reside in heaven as his kingdom, and he gives us the kingdom of earth down here. Yes. So often, anytime something goes wrong, who gets the blame? God. God gets the blame for everything. It doesn't seem to really matter what goes on. It's like, why did God and, and then Let fill, this happen fill in or, the blanks? Mm -hmm. And what I'm trying to express, probably not inadequately, because uh, you, you really got to go through these messages, but hearing it inadequately is that he gives us the authority to make decisions for our life. And when he said in Matthew chapter 16, that when we receive the keys to the kingdom of heaven, that he gave us the ability, he says, whatever you loose in heaven, or no, he said, whatever you loose on earth, will be loose in heaven. I will loose in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth, I will bind in heaven. And he was basically saying that he's giving human beings the authority to make those decisions. There's a complete wealth of resources that are in heaven that will stay in heaven because we will never release them down here. There's a bunch of things that we probably should have bound up that we didn't. When you say human beings, are you talking about those in the family of God or? I'm talking about those in the in kingdom the of God okay. and those that are out. Everybody should be in the family of God. Yes. And, but those that are in the kingdom have the privilege once you understand how the kingdom works. And again, this, 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 that's, the scope is far too large for this podcast to be able to talk about that. But it puts personal responsibility right back on each one of us. Mm -hmm. We have to take personal responsibility for the decisions that we make, the choices that we make. And um, so like, for example, if I choose not to forgive somebody, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's, if I bind that here, then it's going to be bound. Then, then forgiveness is bound from that person and for you in heaven. Mm. God could release an abundance of grace and mercy and reconciliation and all those types of things. But it's not a prayer of release. It's not like, hey, God, I release from heaven this forgiveness, this mercy, this grace. It's not that way. God says, when you do it down here. When, when I actively allow when you, it when to you, happen. When you actively do it. Yes. You got to do it. Yes. <laughs> That's right. You got to do it. And that's where we're challenged sometimes. We, we're like, I don't feel like it. Well, then it won't happen. <laughs> so there, it's deeper than that. And I, I would encourage you to There's, watch the messages because there needs to be a, uh, a platform out there so that you can understand. Um, so Yeah, like you shared, you're going to have to watch at least uh, the first four to five messages to set the context and the content of what's going to be shared in the kingdom of God. So, you know, it's kind of premature right now. You know, we may make a statement that you don't quite understand, but we will be happy at a later time to revisit and I that. And I'm fully aware that I give account for everything that I say. I want you to go back to Adam whenever God, uh, God could have named the animals, but he did not choose to name the animals. He let them choose. If you go to 1 Corinthians, let's take 1 Corinthians chapter 7 where it's talking about marriage and it says that if a, a woman is bound by her wife by her husband until she die until her husband dies and then he says if the husband dies she is allowed to remarry and she can choose whomever she wishes mm -hmm. only in the lord right so he leaves that decision up to her 
the challenge of placing everything on God is that that would ultimately make God evil because obviously we sin. Mm-hmm. And if we sin, and then you say God chose that sin for us, you turn God into an evil person. It's a theological issue that can be difficult to understand sometimes. Yeah. Okay, let's move on from that. All right. Number so em- emancipation from destructive life patterns, that's that would, we would need an emancipation from that. Yes. And we all have those life patterns, so we, we all need to be set free from it. Number three is to, uh, our, our goal there is to have access to the whole life offered in Christ. Yes. Now, I probably need some explanation. <laughs> well, what we've looked at is, obviously, there's no way that we can touch on every single area of life. So we've chosen, or every single situation in life, every single detail in life, And so as a church, what we want to do is make sure that we have the opportunity to open up large sections of life that we can have teaching and training and help in to help you in in a variety of ways. And so we have listed nine that we focus our attentions on. There are nine large headings that could have a variety of teaching underneath each one, but there are nine different headings. And so let's deal with them. Yeah. Number one is spiritual. Right. And spirituality really deals with, if, if you want to get right down to what spirituality is, it doesn't mean that you're better than somebody else. It means that you recognize that life is more than the material world that you're living in. So a Jehovah's Witness person would be spiritual. A Buddhist would be spiritual. A Confucianist would be spiritual. A Muslim would be spiritual because they, they have it in their head that there is something beyond this life, that we're not like an atheist who says, no, the only thing here is the physical realm in which we live, and whenever we die, we're done. There's, there's nothing else after that, and it's over with. So spirituality, because there's a lot of spirituality in the world, is the understanding and the belief that there's something beyond us and that we come from something other than what we can see. The challenge of that is spirituality is so broad and so vast that it's incumbent upon us to help you understand the truth behind spirituality in a study of God and how he is the only God, how he created us, who we are as spiritual beings, how we're to live out a spiritual existence with a full awareness that we are going into another spiritual realm, that life lasts forever. We have to take advantage and really engage in all of those things. That's a huge, and pretty much all of church kind of deals with that in that arena. And in these nine areas, the reason we list them, because we we feel like Christ is part of every area of our life, not just the spiritual or the church life, Mm -hmm. but every part. So, you know, first there's the spiritual life, but then you, you have a marital life. Right. And that's... That needs some help. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? That's an arena. We want you to enjoy the fullness of what a married life is. So uh, sometimes we have the picture or the understanding or the perception of marriage as might be outlined by Western Christianity, Mm -hmm. American Christianity, and it's different all over the world. And as you have different people coming from different places, is there a significant truth about marriage that we can help you understand through the lens of the Scriptures? And so marriage is a big deal, and we we do a lot of things in terms of teaching, conferences, and things like that for marriage. Yeah, because one of the big uh, changes for me who come to marriage is I I never realized the curses Mm. that that Genesis talks about, Yeah, you know, for the woman and the man, which you cannot change. And I think most people spend most of their life in marriage trying to change 
the wife or change the husband, and you can't. And we always use the key word. You have only managed that. That's it. <laughs> and that's associated not with a husband or a wife. That's associated to a man or a woman. A woman, yes. And so uh, once you, when you get married, you're marrying a man or a woman, and you're going to deal with those things. It was helpful if you know what they are and how to manage those. And we obviously teach you how to do that. And so. we also want you to have a whole life in your family. Yeah. Family life is, is significant. Um, whenever it's, it's easy, well, I say it's easy. Whenever you have children, it's easy when they're little. Mm-hmm. Because they're pretty much well into your control. Well, I think once you get past the first year, you actually start sleeping again and the kids can right. talk to you. And so there's a period of time where, where children are really fun and they're a blessing. And obviously they're a lot of work, but they're, they're just really enjoyable. Then they kind of hit some ages where they, they switch. Mm. You know, I, somewhere between 10 and 11, you'll often hear a mom say, what happened to my sweet little, you know, whomever? Yes. And it's because they hit a different spot in life and they flip over and we don't necessarily know what that's like. We feel sometimes like we're a failure yeah. as a parent. And, losing and it's, the grip, losing yeah, control. You got to learn how to roll about there a little bit and, and let them have fun. And so uh, parenting and, and family life has got some real significant dynamics to it that we try to outline for you from Scripture to give you help to know how to handle it as you walk through each particular stage of life. And that's an ongoing process. So we'll always be teaching new things as we walk through various stages of life. So there's spiritual, there's marriage, there's family, uh, internal. Hmm. The internal life is that part where most of us, we all know that we have it, that inward man that we have in there that we talk to. Right. I always ask people, <laughs> do you talk to yourself? And they'll, most people will say yes. yes. And then the question is, who, who's doing the talking and who's doing the listening? Because both is happening, it's hard to figure out who's who. That internal life, Paul tells us, man, we need to deal with that inner man. Mm. It is the inner man that needs to be strengthened with the might of God. It's the inner man that needs to be strengthened by the grace of God. And there's an inner man in there we really, really got to deal with. So uh, we try to help out with those arenas. Another area that we look at is finances. Mm. That's a big... Lord help us with finances. (laughs) There's spiritual ways, there's biblical ways to do finances. And you know, the truth of the matter is that it, that even though if you were to go out into the world to some of the finest financial minds that are out there, you'll discover that everything that they're teaching is found in the scriptures. And sometimes I don't think we know that, All right. but God has a very definitive plan for finances and we want to lay it out for you. It's not restrictive. It's your money. You get to do what you want to with it, but we want you to be uh, knowledgeable so that your life is what you constructed it to be. That's what God gave you a life. It's unique to you. It's unique to your family. You have particular wants and desires, and your finances are not only to help you live. They're not only for your family, but God wants to bless you so that you can also reach into the greater work that he's doing in the world. And once you get to that level where you can actually give and invest, it's one of the greatest places to ever be because giving is the very essence of who God is. And our finances sometimes get us to the place where we're just dealing with survival and we want you to go much, much further towards significance than just survival. And finances are a key to that. Yep. Another area would be our community life. Yeah, community life is big. And I think we're feeling that now, aren't we? Yes. I mean, when we've cl- kind of closed down from the pandemic and I have been hungry just for a relationship with people. And this morning and last week were big, big weeks for me just to be able to see people, to communicate, to talk. And in our community life, sometimes it's easy to kind of close in and and have just groups that you're 
comfortable with mm-hmm. or familiar with, but we really want to expand your community life, your communal life, your life in the church, your life out in the world. We certainly want you relating with more than simply Christians. We want you to be out there among the lost communities. We want them to see your relationship with Jesus. We want you to be able to connect with them without embarrassment, uh, without hurting them or harming them and helping them understand you're a regular person. So it's powerful, and fellowship is one of the things that strengthens us in this world, like probably not much else out no. there. I know you're, you, you are one of the most relational people that I know, and I know that you grow strong in relationships, but maybe you want to share during some rough patches in your life and you kind of pull back in. Well, how, that wasn't healthy, was it? No. That and you, left, could, you could feel the yeah. loss of relationship. You left to yourself, and you start listening, as you said, to the inner man, mm. the voices. You telling, don't listen to him. Yes, <laughs> telling you that, you know, nobody really wanted to be around you, and uh, you're not good for anything, and mm. you have to finally start listening to the voice of God again and say, you know what, uh, I'm not created this way. You didn't gift me this way, and I need to interact with people. I, I have to have that. You know what I think one of the <laughs> biggest things, though, of in the communal life, think about this. A person uh, makes an error in their life. Something goes wrong because sooner or later, if you're saved long enough, you're going to figure out that you're not perfect. Right. You're going to figure out that no matter how hard you try to live a perfect life, you're going to fall at some point. And, and it may be small. It may be big. It depends on who you're around. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there's anything that's more challenging than than falling than to lose your friends as a result or to feel as if you've lost your friends as a result. And I'm not it'd be a feel. Yeah. It's not always But at the same time, because we are we are not ultimately we don't talk about our community life that's a struggle. Mm -hmm. We talk about the ones that are super happy. But Imagine that you were a person who has had a bump in the road somewhere or maybe a total crash somewhere, and your friends, your Christian friends, they didn't call you or or they haven't spoken to you, and that could be because you don't want them to. That's possible. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, sometimes we don't know what to say, and we don't want to make it harder. But how refreshing is it whenever we learn, gosh, that's a hurting friend, and Mm -hmm. no matter what's happened, no matter what's going on, a, a phone call, a stop by, anything like that would just probably lift their spirits and possibly bring them back. That's an area that I failed in in some in some ways, and I've learned how you know the Proverbs writer said, "Man, a, a good word is like a refreshing stream." You know, it it just so it just does something to I mean, you, even if even if that person doesn't accept it at that yeah. moment. Later, they'll think about, man, he did at least try to call. He at least tried to come by. I wasn't in the best mood or at the best place in my life. But that'll start to replay later down. Because I could think about some men uh, that uh, called uh, pastor friends out of state. and I I flat out didn't want to talk to them. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I'm yeah. just being honest. I didn't yeah. answer the phone because what, what is it they're saying? I didn't, I was in a, a bad spot that I didn't want to rehash anything. Yeah. But here you are sitting there remembering that they called. Yeah. And that's the I thing. I can tell you, you remember exactly that they called. Yep. So, so I, I think that our communal life is something that we really do have to expand on. And that's why, Hey guys, listen, small group, 
a discipleship, especially small group, just, just to get into a group where you're relating to other people is such a valuable and powerful part of your Christian experience. And I've already told you that we are not, we've never been the best at that here. I know that we haven't, mm-hmm. and that's more a result of me because I'm more of a teacher. But I've tried to correct that, and, and I really continue to want to encourage you guys to get in a small group. It can be awkward sometimes, but, boy, stay in there and learn to figure out you're going to find some of the best friendships you've ever had, and they will be there for you in some of the hard times as well as celebrate with you in some of the great times, and that's always a lot of fun. What's next? Then we want you to deal with your occupation and career, if I can yeah. kind of put them together. Yeah, you know, God gave us work as a gift. And I think that the hard part about being in church sometimes is if you don't sing in the choir, Mm. you're not a soloist, you're not a preacher, you're not a teacher, you don't take care of children, what do you do? Right. And it seems like sometimes that the only the things that we do in the context of the gathered church is what God might be interested in. But I'm here to tell you that you work all the way through Scripture, you'll discover that God gifted people for every single thing that needs to be done on planet Earth. And we want to help you recognize that your occupation is a ministry from God. And it is a ministry field. There are places that you guys work I will never get to. Mike will never get to. Others will never get to. But you're there. And you're God's light in that place. And when you are the worker that God called you to be, whenever everybody looks to you and is like, they're not trying to be better than somebody else, but there is just something about how they view work, how they approach work, how they approach fellow employees, that there's something different about that, and it opens up the door for us to press in and share light to the world that's out there. So our occupations, no matter who you are, no matter what you do, the Christians should be the highest level in their occupation of anybody on Mm -hmm. planet Earth, and that's important that we see that. What comes after that? And I just want to say we want to help you succeed in your career. Absolutely. Not not that pull you from it, but help you step up and mm-hmm. really succeed and, and influence Whatever it is. others. Yeah, yeah. Uh, recreation and rest. I'll put, I kind of put them together as well. Yeah, I'm bad at that <laughs> well, because I'm a, well, I'm a rest. workaholic, and it's <laughs> I've discovered that it's not healthy. It really yeah. isn't. I mean, there are some of us that can can go on and just go and go and go and go like the Energizer Bunny. Mm-hmm. But um, it's not healthy. It doesn't matter if you can do that. God said, don't do that. Right. Now that, the world's... That, you, you've been with me for... Well, we've been together 20-something years, and that's me. I wasn't raised taking a vacation. Yeah, me either. I was raised, you just worked, and, I mean, you might have a weekend or something, but, you know, so now... Uh, as I've gotten older <laughs> on this backside, I'm like, you know what? I need to take some time. Yeah, I was the guy. That was, I was the guy. Was like, boy, it must be nice. You <laughs> take all that time off. <laughs> and it's not that I couldn't. I just didn't think it was right. necessary. But I've come to understand that that was not God's plan. He wanted us to have adequate rest, yeah. and He wanted us to also stay healthy and and make sure that our bodies. We're useful. He said, this body is the temple of the Spirit of God. It should be cared for. You don't need to get overly concerned. You know, you don't need to fit Hollywood standards. But I want to be healthy enough to be able to do the things that God called me to do. And we want to set up not only teaching that would deal with proper Sabbath, proper rest, and things like that, and teaching on how to care for your body, but we'd also want to make sure that we've established some things, whether it is a class that allows, you know, we go out and we do 5K runs or a beach run or it's a marathon or it's just an exercise class or something like that, 
that allows us to keep our bodies healthy, it's really important that we do that. Which that falls into our last category of, of the nine that we feel like will make a whole is the physical physical health. Yeah. And you, you were just summing that up. Yeah, and that's not just the, 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 the fitness part, but, boy, how many of us are sick? Mm. Just, just sick. And, unfortunately, we live in a country that has what we would consider the greatest medical care on the globe. And yet if you go to a doctor, nine times out of ten, the answer to your problem is going to be some type of pharmaceutical. Right. And I think that medication was not necessarily intended for us to have to take all the time. If you have to, you have to. I take a blood pressure medication every single day mm -hmm. of my life. And I thank the Lord for it so that I can be healthy and my capillaries don't blow up and all those things. But I, I chose, Terry and I chose, while we were on the pandemic, we chose to lose a significant amount of weight. And if you saw my wife, then you can she tell she zoomed, she zoomed right past me. I mean, I'm kind of embarrassed, <laughs> but she got past me. And it has made her healthier. Yeah. And it has made me healthier. My joints certainly feel better. And I feel better. I can breathe better. I, when I finally decided to do this, whenever I climbed to the top of the stairs in the Life Center, and I had to <laughs> lean on the rail and stop and pause and breathe. And I was like, okay, enough is enough. And now I can zoom up and down and no problem whatsoever. So those things are really, really important. Well, if I could, speaking of Terry, I mean, does she, with all that she has uh, lost and has done mm -hmm. an excellent job in that uh, and looks great, does she feel uh, more energized, more? Oh, absolutely. She really does. Uh, she still, you know, we're still in this pandemic and she's still watching over herself. But I think I probably notice it more than she does. Mm. I notice how whether she's just walking around, getting off the couch, if she has to bend down on the floor to pick up something, I see how she's just hopping around like youth right. again. I don't know that she always recognizes that, but I certainly mm. do. And it, to me, is absolutely clear to see how much better that she really does feel. And I'm thrilled for her. Right. And, of course, I'm thrilled for myself to be able to lose some of that stuff. And, and we want to be able to partner with our whole church to say, hey, get on board and, and let's do those things. Uh, I think Victor Cruz, Victor is the I one that, that introduced me to a program called Optavia that, that we went on to lose all of this weight, and he was our coach. And uh, I, 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 I wouldn't be where I'm at today had Victor not done it. Right. And then I saw him, and I was like, hey, what are you doing? And he passed that along. And once again, see, that's one of those arenas where I did not initiate that as that's the pastor or the church did not initiate that, but one of our members did. And they were seeing such great, incredible success. Both Victor and his wife, Tracy, uh, lost so much weight. I was like, what are you guys doing? And so it backfed the other way mm -hmm. and then run up the chain this way. Worth on our staff. Now, he's just chose to kind of cut back on some things and He's well past the 40-plus pounds that he's lost, and I think we've all seen that and noticed yes. that and how much better he feels. And So it is important for us to be healthy. And you can go broke, especially as you grow older, in just trying to pay for the co-pays mm -hmm. on your medicines and things like that. When Terry had a, a bout, a, a gall, what we thought was a gallbladder flare-up, which turned out to be gastritis, the doctor sent us to get some medication it was basically um a stomach medication of some sort and i went to get it and they said well insurance wouldn't pay for it and i was like well no big deal i'll just buy it and they said well you probably don't want to i was like why not it's just 30 day supply how much could it be and they said, it was 1200 dollars for a 30 day supply so health but let's get healthy. Yes. Let's be healthy. So that's a whole life in Christ. We want to access all of those areas and help uh, to lead that way, which is why next week we'll jump in and start on parenting. 
But then where do we go from there? Then the, the last one is... So that's R-E-A... L is to L. lead others to real life. In other words, you have gone through this process, and now you're going to reach back and help others experience this uh, abundant life uh, that is in Jesus Christ, how to access the whole life, how to uh, emancipate from the life uh, destructive patterns that we mm -hmm. have, and then you can help them. And it's just uh, circular because we want people to enjoy life. Yeah, and we have uh, basically four platforms that we feel like that that's important in. The first one is obviously sharing your faith. Mm -hmm. Uh, the first place a person on boards with Christ is through salvation most of the time. And, and maybe that's not exactly true. I think that we as a church have to really recognize that if we only wanted saved people walking into the church, probably nobody would ever get saved. Right. So we have to create a church environment such that people that don't know Jesus would feel comfortable coming in here. Now, they're going to feel slightly uncomfortable because they're not familiar with what's going on, and maybe they don't know who Jesus is, and they've never heard prayers or something like that. But we also don't want to be crazy so that we run right. them out. Them we to want death. to provide a, a comfortable place for people to come and a welcoming, especially a welcoming place where they come and a place where they see that being a Christian is a great bonus and benefit in the world. And then we get to share our faith with them. So the first platform is sharing our faith. The second one is serving the church. Because when people come in, it is noticeable if you're just part of the crowd. It's very different if you're a guest mm -hmm. who walks in. And, man, I thank the Lord for our guest services, yes. our greeters that are out there, our parking lot crew, uh, the people that work when it, whenever we're fully open, work our coffee bar, uh, the ushers that seat people, uh, all the all the things that go on, whether it goes from our children's ministry to our adult ministry to our preschool ministry and all the people around here that serve. The reason that you get to see us today, we have people that serve to set up cameras, to set up microphones, to run the music, yes. to play the guitars, uh, to play the music, to run everything, to clean after we're gone. I mean, there's just so many, many, many people that do that. And so a significant way that we help people to start this process, share our faith with them, serve our church, and then we want to impact our community. And, and the word impact is, is chosen because it's hard to impact a place that you aren't. Mm -hmm. You really imp impact the place that you are, where you are. And Northside has the greatest opportunity to impact Wilmington and more specifically the north end of Wilmington that which encompasses Murrayville School, Trask Middle School, Laney, High, uh, Laney School. High School, out in the Rocky Point area, Kate Fair Elementary, Elementary. Heidi Trask. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, those are our, our main areas that we're going to probably impact the most. The neighborhoods like North Chase and down here in Bent Tree and uh, Quail, Woods. Quail Woods and back in my neighborhoods in those areas because we can have ongoing ministry there, we have the greatest opportunity to impact our own city. And then through our one-for-one -one campaigns and monies that we give also to local uh, charities that also help, whether that happens to be uh, helping the homeless, feeding the homeless, uh, literacy things, or, or a variety of other things that are out there. Because we are a constant presence here, we have the opportunity through service and through uh, giving dollars and through uh, authorities and powers and people that work here, we can impact our own city, and that's important. We want to do that. That would cause people maybe to come over and find out. We want to know what's going on. And then the last one is to influence our world. What's the difference between impacting something and influencing something? 
I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, infl- whenever we impact, that means we're really we're making a change, and that change happens, and we keep and it keeps happening, it keeps happening, it keeps happening, because it's on a regular basis. Right. But like, let's say that if we were to do a mission trip to Argentina, which we have yes. numbers of mission trips to Argentina, uh, or Africa, Honduras, Ecuador, mm. uh, some t- Mexico, Africa, pla- <laughs> yeah, places all over the world that we've been, and we've influenced it. That means the we go in where the local communities are already choosing to do something, and may we give them a little bit of a lift. But I can tell you this, they didn't become American churches. No. They didn't become Northside. They didn't become us. They didn't do things the way we did because all we could literally do is influence them. We cannot necessarily impact them because we're not there all of the time. So we choose when we go out around the globe, we really do look for impactful local ministries that we can partner with and provide influence while we're there to help them with the impact that they're going to continue to do. Makes perfect sense. So that's why we say we are here to impact our community Mm -hmm. and influence the world because we honestly do not have the ability to impact the world unless we're in the whole world and we're not. Mm -hmm. Now the church is. Yes. And so sometimes we hold hands with other churches and we provide funds, people, ministry, whatever we can do. And, and we feel like that that's a very well-rounded thing. So when we say we want to help you to discover real life when you come here, we want you to have a relationship with Jesus. We want you to be able to emancipate yourself from those destructive life patterns. We want you to access the everything, the whole life that God has for you in the person of Jesus Christ. And we want you to help lead others to that kind of a life. And that's the vision that we have. That is in brief believe me because we could go so far and so deep with all of this stuff but that is in brief what we want to do and we want you to know that so next sunday whenever we come back for the parenting situation this is one of those avenues that we feel like provides us an opportunity to give you some things that maybe we couldn't give you otherwise i've done parenting classes here and the challenge of it is they're at night they're usually on a wednesday right and sometimes people have to have their kids in bed. So mm-hmm. some of the people that can't access it are parents. If we put it on this podcast, you can access it pretty much anytime mm-hmm. you want to, whether it be at home, in your car, share it with somebody else, reference it back again. And so we feel like that this is one of those opportunities because we're looking for opportunities that best suit your needs because our ultimate goal is to get this to you. We want you to have it, and that's what we'll plan on doing next Sunday. So all, all of the discovering the real life comes down to we desire for you to conform to the image of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Which is the greatest. It's not just, oh, let's force them into the mold. Right. This is the greatest life you'll ever live. Yeah. It really is. And we want to offer all of that to you. And so those nine areas we are working on, uh, as Pastor said, we're working on making sure there's discipleship classes that we can equip you to really access the whole life in Jesus Christ. Absolutely. So looking forward to all of that. So we wanted to share that with you tonight so that whenever we jump in next week, that it won't be just kind of plucked out of the air. You'll understand that we are following the plan. We are following our vision. We are doing things the way we've always tried to, and that is what is best for our people. And if Jesus came to give you an entire life, 
and he's charged us to help you with that, what's the best way for us to do it? And that's what we're trying to accomplish. So we appreciate you guys tuning in with us yes, tonight. Thank you. And we look forward to next Sunday. Now, next Sunday is going to be a little bit different. It's not going to be us sitting here lecturing you on what we're doing. I'm going to bring about three major principles for a particular situation. And next Sunday, obviously, for parenting. And then we want you to send us questions so that we can put it in shoe leather. We can say, okay, here's your particular situation. How would this apply? Because sometimes I think that's hard to figure out how do you how do you do exactly. that? Exactly. And there'll be a lot of people that may not ask a question but want to, and you may be the one to ask the question which they need the answer for. That's right. So it always works together. And it is our good pleasure to do it. Yeah. So we're going to let you go today, and we want to say thank you for being here. I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to pray with my eyes open like we do on <laughs> Wednesday mornings at 7 o'clock. We want you to tune in. If you have prayer requests, we do it every Wednesday morning at 7 o'clock. It'll either be me and Mike or me and Rob or Rob and Mike or uh, whatever. Uh, some mixture could right. be Joe sometimes in there. But we want to take your prayer request to the throne. And what we, one of the things we learned was the minute we bowed our head and closed our eyes, like we disconnected from you. <laughs> so we decided, no, we're just going to pray you with our pray eyes, eyes open. open. And, and, and believe it or not. I still find myself doing this. I know, but you know that God can hear us yes. even with our eyes open. I don't know where that came from. I don't either. Because the Bible never says to close your eyes. Never. It never does. So, whatever. So, let's, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight. Thank you for all of these that are watching and will watch this. I hope we've been helpful. And, Father, I thank you that you guide us to the things that provide this full, immeasurable life in Jesus Christ. And we look forward to the next time we can gather together. And until then, Lord, may you bless every person that is watching and even those that are not. And will you bless them with your presence, with your power? Will you cause fruitfulness in their life? Any of that are sick or hurting, I pray that you will touch their bodies, touch their families, all of those that are struggling tonight. We pray that you'll touch them in such a way that the world will be confounded how you care for your own. We thank you for that. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a good, good afternoon.